Hey everybody, it's Brian. Uh, I know that's not how I usually start things off, but like, we're gonna talk about owl pellets and like that sort of thing. Um, it's around the, I believe it's around the 50 minute mark, but you, you, when we start talking about Ida eating people, it's about then. So, you know, just, just giving you a heads up. Well, goodbye. Oh, wait, we haven't kicked the bear. Oh. Uh, oh, that means I have this. Oh, so, yeah, so. Yeah, I'll just put this, this will in. be the beginning of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, uh, Izzy, <laughs> you'll hear, you'll hear this in a moment. We fucked up. Um, but to answer your question, Izzy, uh, Ida is, in fact, a, a solidly vodka ant. Or that ant you can buy weed from, frankly, is really more of her. Like, she is your cool aunt who will sell you weed. Yeah. 100%. But she won't give you weed. No. <laughs> also 100%. Right. All right. Cue the ukulele. Thank you for tuning in to Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch The Owl House. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on the internet at Gay Space Pod, and you can find the podcast occasionally on Twitter at Gay... No, wait, sorry. I'm at Rumor Pod. The podcast <laughs> is at Gay Space Pod. Whatever. This is fucking episode 60. Oh, this is episode 69, oh, August. Shit. Oh, shit. With nice. me, as always, is my bow chicka wow wow co-host August. <laughs> Hello, I am August. Uh, you can find me at some places on the internet at Harpy Dora, and at other places on the internet at Strange Harpy. I'm not going to tell you which one is which. You figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um. The yeah. Uh, let's see. Um. I don't know. Let's see. I'm looking at cartoon news. The one website that I use for cartoon news, because it's the one that first pops up on Google. Um, apparently, uh, uh, fucking John Oliver in the um, last week tonight show are currently actively trying to provoke Disney into suing them over copyright law. Oh, good. Uh, mostly because uh, Mickey Mouse should become a public domain character next year. Um, and obviously and that's Oliver, never going to happen. Well, I, they can only prevent it for so long. Like, yeah. Until they run out of money, which isn't going to happen. Yeah, I guess it's fair. I mean, um, I'm not saying I hope that they, they succeed. I hope they fail horribly. Yeah. Well, a lawsuit would mean like by forcing them to put him in a lawsuit, that means they had like shit has to go in front of a judge. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um let's see oh disney is developing story living communities where fans can live in worlds in a world curated for them by the company 
That's fucking which is, terrifying. Apparently, that's also the original, uh, that was the original concept for Epcot. Uh, before uh, Walt died. That's fucking terrifying. Um. Oh, apparently there's going to be a new Gindy Tartakovsky uh, cartoon on Adult Swim called Unicorn Colon Warriors Eternal. Looks okay. like it's like a fantasy action series. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I watched most of Primal. I liked it, except for the last episode got real weird, as Gindy Tartakovsky shows have a tendency to do. So, um, let's see, other cartoon news, um, the world's shittiest cartoon character, Donald Trump, got indicted. Yeah. See how that works. I hope that works well. Yeah. Um, and also, oh, did you see about, uh, WWE today? Yeah, I saw about that. So for folks who didn't know, today, literally today, uh, WWE was bought by the Endeavor Group, which is the parent company of UFC, and plans to basically, like, merge the two companies into a new entity. With Vince McMahon acting as the fucking chairman. Yep. Because of course Dana White and Vince get along. So, support your local indie wrestling is all I've got to say. WrestleMania was also this weekend. It was half great and half meh. With a, a an absolutely baffling decision in the main event of night two. Which was Roman v. Cody Rhodes and somehow Roman still won. After being champion, he's been champion for 954 days. Jesus. No, sorry, 945 days. I got some numbers backwards. That's so many days. Yeah, he's the only person in history to have defended the world, like the uh, WWE Heavyweight Championship three times at WrestleMania and have been, have been the same championship run all three times. So. Don't know why they didn't let Cody go over. Um, my guess is that possibly there seems to be rumblings that it might be because of like Roman V fucking Conor McGregor might be the play that they're trying to make. Mm. So who knows? Not me. Um, what have you, what, what cartoons have you been watching August? Mostly a good portion of Sims YouTube and also Minecraft YouTube. I mean, it's it's basically the huge uh, the the life series has come back with a vengeance and has me and Anya in a stranglehold right now with uh, the limited life stuff. And uh, a bunch of Sim YouTubers that we watch have been doing things based on uh the latest expansion pack growing together. So, you know, 
we we are not at a loss for things to watch that are not regular cartoons. Eventually, we'll get back to watching some anime, but that day is not today, and tomorrow is not looking too good either. So, you know, it is what it is. Fair. Um, let's see. What have I been watching? Um, I watched Sophie from Mars's new video. Uh, it's about Theranos. It's a pretty good. Um, keep watching The Mandalorian. I'm really liking this season of The Mandalorian. It's real fucking Star Wars. There's no fucking Jedi in it, and I'm fucking loving it. Awesome. Um, okay, there's occasionally Jedi's, but they're like they're like Grogu flashbacks, so it's fine. They're all dead. Oh, good. Um, also in the most recent episode, Zeb. Uh, who is a character from fucking Rebels, he's just in it, and his character model looks great, which makes me think that he's probably going to be in the Ahsoka show because they spent a lot of money on the fucking character model. <laughs> um, but he looks great, and they also got this, they, you know, they got uh, Steve Bloom back to, like, voice him. So mm-hmm. it's just going to be basic, functionally the same character, which is not true about some of the other characters in, um, I'm sure, that will return from Rebels and the Ahsoka. Like, they cast, like, real people to be, like, Hera and Sabine, but also they're not, like, a, you know, eight-foot-tall monster man. <laughs> so, I guess they were like, well, if we've got a voice cast, we might as well just get Steve Bloom back. Um, can do a lot worse voice actor-wise. Um... Let's see, what the fuck else have I watched? I want to say that I watched... I mean, I guess I, I watched a lot of wrestling <laughs> <laughs> over the weekend. It was WrestleMania weekend. So I caught parts of Friday night's Supercard of Honor, which is the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. That was pretty damn good. And then I watched part of WrestleMania both Saturday and Friday. Sunday night, um, both of which were like, uh, Saturday night was, was pretty good. There was just like some, there's always just some weirdness sometimes with WWE, especially cause like they take sponsorship deals for matches, which is fine, but sometimes they get real weird. Like matches that have happened this year are like the Mountain Dew pitch black match which was like a weird blacklight match between Bray Wyatt and Eli Drake. Um, and then this, in, on Saturday Night of WrestleMania, Dominic Mysterio, or Rey Mysterio fought Dominic Mysterio, his son. They have been had this long, bubbling feud where Dom has turned into like a bit of a, like a little shitheel punk. Um, it's a very funny storyline because like, he got arrested and he spent literally one night in jail, but now he now he's come back as like this hard like he's just like pretending to be this hard ass prison oh guy and it's very funny. <laughs> but like they, like it, everyone's in on the joke is very good. But anyways, so the, you know there's this long running blood feud between father and son, and also it was sponsored by Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and there was a giant Cinnamon Toast Crunch just like dancing around. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> I'm like, God damn, this is the most WrestleMania. And then on Sunday night, the Miz and Shane McMahon were supposed to have a match, but the Miz or no Shane McMahon tore his quad and Snoop Dogg in one of the most interesting bits of improvisation throws a worked punch at the Miz, does a rock bottom and then beats him like just to send the crowd home happy and to cover for Shane getting like taken out on a stretcher. Wow. Snoop Dogg, uh, a true entertainer. Yeah. Um, and then also Cody lost for some reason, which sucks shit. I didn't like that at all. So, and I mean, I'm sure they'll have Cody win at fucking WrestleMania backlash in Puerto Rico or some shit like that, but he should have taken the, like, it was so shocking that Cody lost. The whole crowd just went silent for 15 seconds. 80,000 people just being like, what the fuck? <laughs> so. Wrestling. Um, well, that's that's it. I don't think I've got any other cartoon or didn't really watch any other media. Um, let's go ahead and get into it. This week, we are watching episodes three and four of The Owl House, I Was a Teenage Abomination and The Intruder. Episode three, I Was a Teenage Abomination, it came out on January 24th, 2020, um, or March 24th, I, I, I'm just gonna go with when it aired on Disney, um, this one was written by John Bailey Owen and Dana Terrace. Uh, directed by Stephen Sandoval. The synopsis, Luz sneaks into the local magic school to help a friend and make a new enemy in the process. Oh, oh, if you only truly knew, synopsis. <laughs> the episode starts out with Ida, Luz, and King. They are on the shoreline scavenging for human garbage from uh, what appears to be, or not what appears to be, I guess, is a beached trash slug it's not beached synopsis no 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 because the trash the, for it to be beached implies that it has to live in the ocean which it cannot is that, this is a critical plot point of the episode anyways loses like i don't want to fucking dig in the big fucking trash slug and and i want to learn magic ida and ida's like listen we gotta dig in this trash slug like like, I've got a different process, but trust me, it'll work. You don't want to have to end up in magic school and loses like, holy shit, there's a fucking magic school. And he's like, oh, Ida's old, like, oh, fuck me. Um, so Luz leaves Ida to go sneak off to try and find the magic school, which prompts King to be like, hey, listen, if you don't fucking shape up, like, Luz is just going to, like, stop being your apprentice or whatever. Um, and Ida's like, come on. Uh... There's no way that she would do that. And, and King is like, yeah, she definitely will. And when she does, I'll make her my apprentice. And so they have a wager. Basically, Ida's like, listen, if you can take this baby trash slug that I've scavenged seemingly out of the out of the the uh, egg sack of its mother. Um, Not the egg sack, the aviduct, which is somehow aviduct. even worse. Yes. Um, they found a, a grosser way to say egg sack. That's um, not an egg sack. Well, I mean, maybe it's attached to an egg sack. I mean, potentially. It is a duct. It is a duct. Um, 
I guess that also seemingly implies that the the uh, the trash slug was in the middle of laying eggs when stricken down to death. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, they make a wager. Uh, if King can like turn the the baby trash slug into his 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 willing soldier in twenty four hours, then uh, they'll win some stupid bet. It doesn't really matter. Um, Meanwhile, while trying to, while wandering the woods thinking about the magic school, Luz happens upon a young witch. This is Willow. She is trying to psych herself up because she's got a big exam on abominations. Abominations, for those who haven't seen the show, are like weird goo. They're they're like weird goo creatures that like witches can make that are like kind of like goo robots, basically. Um, Willow sucks shit at uh abominations and she is happened upon by our other new character for this episode amity blight amity blight is the top witch of the school and she certainly does not let willow forget it as she like kind of gently chides and makes fun of willow um before heading off to school uh lose or no, sorry, Willow, upset by this, kind of unleashes her real power, which she's very, very good at plant magic. Um, this drives Luz out of hiding. They become fast friends, and Luz offers, like, hey, I really want to go see the magic school. You need somebody to be your uh, to be your abomination. I can pretend to be your abomination, bada bing, bada boom. Uh, Willow agrees to this because she's desperate. Meanwhile, uh, King has been teaching the little, uh, I can't remember what he named it, but the trash slug baby. Um, basically, he's kind of teaching it to follow him around using dog biscuits. Um, and Ida's like, haha, this will never work. And King is like, of course it will work. Also, e or I bet you that Luz has wandered on off to the magic school. Uh, and Ida's like, she would never go to magic school. He's like, why don't you go fucking check? So... Inside of the magic school, um, Willow is carting around uh, fake abomination Luz, where they meet Willow's friend Augustus, a.k.a. Gus. Uh, he is a little illusion witch, and he's also obsessed with human culture. And so, uh, basically, like, Willow's like, listen, uh, this, my abomination isn't really an abomination. Uh, she is, in fact, a human. Gus, you've got to be fucking cool about this. Gus, you've really got to be cool. Gus is, like, 60% cool about it. Um, and they move on to class. Uh, things are not going well in abomination class. Seemingly, the only person who can master this type of magic is Amity, which, if everybody in her class is failing, it's not the part, it's not the student's fault. It's the professor's fault, but whatever. Uh, broken education system in the boiling aisles. Um, Amity is very quick to volunteer to show off her her abomination, uh, but the teacher calls on Willow. Luz jumps out. She does an entire routine, really impresses the the teacher, um, which sends Amity into, like, a jealous rage, uh, even more so when the teacher removes Amity's top student award and awards it to Willow. Um, this leads Amity on, like, a fucking, like, personal crusade to expose Willow, um, bringing in Principal Bump. Uh, principal Bump is the principal of this school. 
and he is like, hey, Willow, I would love to take a look at your abomination. Meanwhile, at this point, um, Ida has discovered that Luz is, in fact, at the magical school. Uh, she feels incredibly defeated um, and tells uh, King that he has won the bet, and she goes slinks off to sulk. Uh, unfortunately for King, the dog biscuit system did not work out for him, and the, the trash slug baby has grown to an enormous size and also only cares about King because he keeps giving it dog biscuits. Uh, once he is out of dog biscuits, he is chased by the trash slug, and he must seek out Ida's help to do so, uh, to, to, to fight it off. Uh, Ida agrees to fight to, to help uh, to help King, and they kill it uh, pretty graphic. Well, they don't kill it. They, like, quote-unquote shrink it down. I feel like there's a version of this take where it just fucking explodes into goo or something, and somebody at Disney yeah. is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, um back at school, Principal Bump wants to dissect uh Willow's uh, abomination. Uh, obviously that can't happen, so Gus causes a distraction, uh, allowing Willow and Luz to escape. Principal Bumps begins to activate the security system in the school, sending an army of abominations after them. Um meanwhile, Amity is also in chase uh while they are being chased down by abominations Luz produces a seed from her pocket something that um that Ida had given her telling her that witches need to be resourceful uh to actually make it in the world to to not necessarily play by the rules but to like be able to improv to be able to like be adaptable and uh Willow's like oh my god you have a seed I can work with this and she like full-on poison ivies the fucking school uh just using like vines to like really fuck up everything um she squares off against amity uh who is trying to chase down Luz, and willow is like you've got to get out of here like if we get caught i'll get detention you're gonna get dissected so get the fuck on out of here so and she basically like throws Luz out the door uh Luz runs home to the owl house trying to get trying to muster the forces of Ida and King, um, but Willow and Gus uh, approach them before they they can leave out. Willow being like, "Hey, it's actually it's totally okay." Principal Bump was so impressed by my ability to use the plant plant magic that he moved me over into the plant magic track. And they're like, "Oh my god!" And loses like, "Oh my god, this is so great! I can't wait to go back to the school." And they were like, "Well, about that." You can't go back to school. You have been banned from the school. You are like persona non grata. So while uh, Luz is a little upset by this, uh, she is happy to have basically reconciled with Ida. And Ida is very proud of Luz for getting her first wanted poster, Star Wipe, the end. The so oh, the boy. the fun fact about all the school stuff, it like low key derails the entire first season because uh, Dana Terrace never envisioned the school to be like the main focus of the show. But Disney liked it, that part of the pitch, because they're like, oh, shit, we can have our own Harry Potter. <laughs> Little did they know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's a shame because honestly, I do like a lot of the school stuff in part because it's it's very much not Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, but I mean, that's a, that's a deeper discussion we can have, uh, in later episodes, but you know, it's, you know, the, the way that it's decidedly not Harry Potter that makes it very interesting. Yeah. I also love, uh, the continued commitment of the Owl House to just making shit gross as hell. Yes. (laughs) It's very good. Yeah. Love, love being confronted with the fact that reality is gross no matter whether you're on Earth or in a weird fantasy world. Um. I did uh, really enjoy the the whole bit where Ida's like, who wouldn't envy where I am now? Um. (laughs) With uh, her, like, ankle deep in the garbage slug. Mm-hmm. Um, in part because it's just a good visual gag, and in part because it's like, you know, we learn later about how Ida got into this position, like, where she is, and, you know, living her, her own best life. And it's like, you know, it's it's more than just a visual gag. It's also an interesting... Not, it's visual it, it, like it's a retrospective visual metaphor. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, like yeah. what looks what what you may think looks good isn't necessarily what's good for other people. Which cuts both ways because Ida, I think Ida genuinely means that that she has it good right there, but that's not what would be good for for Luz. Right. And right. vice versa. Right. And like it's like this whole episode is like it is very much like Ida like a thing that Ida kind of struggles with as like the series goes along is like this like need to like she has a need to be needed like everybody does, you know? Mm-hmm. And like when that is kind of and that becomes stronger and more like paternalistic as the series goes along as she forms a deeper connection with like Luz Um, but you see it already like in particular with King like yeah sure she like she and King like pick at each other or what have you but like there was like no hesitation being like oh yeah yeah I'm just gonna save King it's whatever (laughs) like she wasn't going to yeah. let him actually get eaten. She didn't give a shit, you know. Yeah. Um, Willow's here. Willow's like one of my favorite B characters in this series. Willow is very good. She's really good. Gus is also very fun. Um, yeah. But we, yeah, we'll just Gus, get more Gus soon. Yeah. Gus at first first blush seems like the kind of character that would be really obnoxious but um i think the series treads a really fine line with making making him obnoxious versus versus just making him quirky and i think it it does a good job yeah and he like will because the Owl House kind of does very similar things to kind of how Steven Universe did characterization of like, here's the big, broad concept of a character. And then we're going to add nuance to it, at, like as it goes along. Mm-hmm. 
um, like the reverse flanderization. <laughs> um, so, uh, and also it's not like he, he doesn't play like a huge part in this episode anyways. He's just kind of, he's really like one step above a background character. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean the setup of like, oh, he's a human enthusiast and mm-hmm. he's got all of these misconceptions about humanity, um, you know. Yeah. Could it it could have gone horribly wrong. Cor- yeah, yeah. He very much like he could have wandered very heavily into like full on weeboo. Yeah. Like human weeboo. Um which he does sort of, but then he like course corrects. It's, it's fun. It'll be fun because um, there's a whole human club <laughs> that we will get to see when the school we get deeper into school times. Um. Also, we meet Amity. God, she's so insufferable at first. I'd forgotten how insufferable she was. The you know what the the interesting thing is like because uh, you know I have watched quite a bit of Amity, you know, at this point. And there is, like, she's insufferable, but, like, there is a hundred, like, they are already, like, in this episode building, building in the sort of, like, inroads of being, like, she's insufferable because she's just desperately insecure. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's definitely not your stereotypical, oh, she's just, uh, she's just the mean girl. There's Mm -hmm. definitely, um... You know, there's definitely nuance there, making it really obvious that she hangs her self-worth on her ability to perform in school and, you know, how it's not healthy for right. her. And also, it genuinely, like, she, like, Willow is, in fact, very bad at this because it's not the thing that she is, you know, the the, the underlying sort of, like, message of this is, like, it's not necessarily about people's perceptions like you shouldn't be hanging your self-worth on people's perceptions of you and like you shouldn't be like building your personality about what people want out of you and you should be building it around like what you want out of life um mm-hmm. but also like amity like does it not work hard <laughs> to be top student you know what i mean yeah <laughs> like her 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 rage and jealousy is in fact very justified <laughs> Which is a fun little, fun little quirk of it. Um, the, I, I also love Principal Bump's character design. <laughs> He's so it's weird. So, it's such a good character design, although I, I can't, I can't not see his character design in season two when he takes off, uh, takes off his, his demon hat dude that's his palisman actually yes yeah i couldn't think of the word palisman but yeah because it's a fake made up word (laughs) all words are fake and made up brian yeah fair but uh yeah just when he takes off his palisman it's like yeah it sure is a lot yeah uh I also like how he like like this is a good setup of being like yeah here's our anti double door 
Just a fucking absolute weirdo. Um, the, the, uh, in, in both of these episodes, really, like, but the, when the, like, sort of action kicks off, uh, in the, in this episode, it looked like they do really good, like, they make the magic look very fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, they yeah. do a very good job of, like, making it look cool. While sticking to sort of, like... You know, as we will come to learn and kind of they heavily imply in this, like there are schools of magic that are not don't do a whole lot of crossover. Um, So we get but it's very interesting to see that sort of like eh, elemental clash happening uh, in the mm-hmm. outhouse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Though some schools get a little bit there is there's like nine or something like that tracks uh in the magic we only ever see like four of them <laughs> in the whole course of this entire fucking show so um i don't know what some of them even the fuck are so there's the weird guy who breathes smoke uh he's like a coven head he's in like one episode i do not know what he does but we'll get it. We'll get we'll get to that next week. Yeah. So about that B plot. About that B plot. I feel so bad because I love spending time with Ida and King, but that B plot added literally nothing to the show. Not a not a single goddamn thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess mean, we got a little bit of care. Like we got some characterization on Ida, which is what it was there kind of meant for. Yeah, but I feel like yeah. I I feel like Steven Universe has like poisoned me against B plots for the most part. Yeah, true. Just we've well, spent so also, long. Our next episode doesn't have one and it feels tighter. Yes. Um but also, you know, yeah. 30 it's easier to not have B plots when you only have 11 minutes. Yeah. And if, yeah, the, if I mean, the network wants 20, you're getting, you know. Yeah. And and I mean, I'm not saying that the the episode was bad for having a B plot. It, as far as B plots go, it's it's fairly innocuous. And yeah, just, you know, nothing happened, really. Yeah. Like we could have just didn't, it. It could have just been Ida finding out that Luz wandered away to the school. Like, that's the important part of it. Why is that not the focus? Why do we? Why do we because we have a good action scene at the school. We don't need the we don't need to explode this slug. It's not like the A plot is very talky, so we need a little bit more like, you know, something, something to keep the kids entertained. It's just uh, you're right. Like, it's not bad, but it just adds just fuck all. Yeah. And I, I'm not even sure it necessarily, you know, it doesn't advance Ida or King either. It's mm-hmm. it's fun to spend time with them, but, you know, we don't have any character growth from it, so. Yeah, it's like we already uh, know that they care about each other. Mm-hmm. Like, we got that in literally episode one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it does. We will get more history on Ida and Hexide, which is is in fact very funny. <laughs> oh yeah, 
Um, it's good shit. And, and I mean, Ida does kind of have some points with regards to, like, the school system and stuff, not just in the Boiling Isles, knowing what we know, what we come to learn about Ida later, but, you know, just commentary on school in general. Yeah, very funny. I, I do like I do like the scene of Ida pressing her face up against the glass and being like, oh my god, they're teaching them conforming thought and arithmetic. <laughs> yep. Um, it's good stuff. Let's see. There was some. Luce continues to be neurodivergent as hell. Truly. Also, I, I like how all of the, the the witches are just like relative. Like, they're just like, why? <laughs> it's not like they put Luce. I mean, it's just like we're just going full cartoon logic for it and everything, but it's like it's not like they put Luz in like an abomination costume. She's not even fully covered with goo. Exactly, like, but, like she's not even fully painted it. I just don't. It's very stupid, and I like it quite a bit, actually. Yeah, it's like very Amity good. Being like, what are you? It's like obvious. Like you could just be a witch with weird prosthetic ears. Like she's not like she looks radically different from a normal witch. Yeah. Like, it would be one oh, thing boy. if they, like, were physically different from one another, but they're just, like, they just have pointed ears. And a bile sack. Yeah, but you can't see the bile sack. It's rude That's to ask true. somebody to see their bile sack, August God. Yeah. I'm, that, I'm, I'm just a rude dude, so. <laughs> rude rat, August. Yeah. Um, I'm the worst. Um, I mean, I guess we can talk about bile sacks. It's episode 69. What, what better <laughs> time to talk about it? Um, I'm trying, I'm just <laughs> glancing through my notes to make sure we covered everything I wanted to cover. Yeah. Um, before we move on. Yeah, yeah really. Like, I think it, like we're still very much in like table setting section of the show. Like, oh plot, yeah, 100 percent wise. But like looking at the like looking at the schedule, like it comes like it comes along pretty quickly after like we we like the gears get shifted pretty fast. Mhm. Um But yeah, I can't think um the voice actor for King really does do a very great job. <laughs> yep. Just absolute weirdo the whole time. I have no son. Yeah. God. So I do I do wish that the slug had just exploded into goo. That would have been great, frankly. They just murder that fucking slug baby. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe they decided to dial it back after the the literal murder uh last episode. Yeah. Yeah, they don't they're not doing as much actual murder in these two episodes as they did in the last two. Yeah. Because while we don't see uh, it, I just assume those prisoners beat that prison guard to death. Uh, no, they didn't, because he comes back. I know he does. But I just wish they had just beaten him to death. I mean, it would have made sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, no straight-up murder, just attempted murder. Mm-hmm. Um... 
I, I love the, the gag at the end with Babby's first wanted poster, though. Yeah, that's very cute. Um, I think next week we're going to get the introduction of, like, Ida constantly referring to her and loses the bad girl coven. Since, I don't uh, remember that, but I believe you. Yeah, like, well, she, because, like, uh, the covens are the ones that set them the tracks like it will we'll get lore eventually um yeah the the show is very lore light right now it will become very lore heavy relatively soon <laughs> um but um yeah the uh but the, the like Ida is the head of the bad girl coven as she likes to call it so, I think that's it. You want to move on to the intruder? Yeah, let's move on to the intruder. Okay. Episode four, the intruder came out on January 1st, 2020. Um, it was written by Manuel Jesse Nito Jr. Nito? N-I-E-T-O? Nieto? Nayet? I don't know. Um, Dana Terrace and Rachel Vine. Uh, directed by Stu Livingston. Synopsis. Luz and King must defend the Owl House from a mysterious intruder. These are not as funny. Not as yeah, funny Yeah, because yet. they're... Yeah, I mean... They're they're not as funny and they're they're actually like passing grade so far, so we can't pick on them. Yeah. Get worse, synopsis. Stop being good at your job. Um the episode starts with King trying to lecture Luz about the different kinds of demons, but she doesn't really want to pay any attention to him. Um suddenly a storm begins brewing on the boiling aisles, and Luz runs outside because she loves the rain. We learn though while the boy why the boiling aisles are called the fucking boil boil jeez I've got the hiccup home give me one second sorry I've got the hiccups okay how dare you have bodily functions Brian I fucking know it Jesus all right. But we learned why the Boiling Isles are called the Boiling Isles because uh, it starts raining boiling rain. Um, we learned that the <laughs> Boiling Isles don't really have weather so much as they have plagues. Um, and everybody is trapped inside. Um, Ida makes a little force field to keep them protected. And K- King starts talking about the Snaggleback, I believe is the name of it. A demon that hunts during the boiling rains. A most menacing demon. Um, Ida is very, very tuckered out from the uh, from the rain. Or from casting the uh, barrier spell. And decides that she wants to take a nap. Uh, previous to this, Luz was inquiring to Ida why, why she was called the Owl Lady, and Ida had made up some bullshit about her being very wise, and King is like, it's because you hunt, like, shrew- like shrews and voles and you love shiny objects, uh, demonstrating this by, like, clicking, like, a little gym pin that, like, enamors Ida immediately. 
Um, Ida is trying to take a nap, but loses like teach me magic. And Ida's like, no, I'm fucking sleepy. Leave me alone. And loses like, I'll give you the weird clicky pin if you teach me magic. And Ida's like, mm, I, uh, I respect, but also hate your cunning here. So Ida does try to give Luz a magic lesson, but we learn that magic is going to be very hard for Luz because witches just can do magic. Like they just can do it. It's not like a they it's more like they go to school to learn how to harness their magical ability and less to gain it. It's at least the vibe that I get mm-hmm. uh, because they have a bile sack attached to their hearts Uh <laughs> <laughs> in the fu- frankly the funniest joke of so far of being like does magic come from the heart he does like yeah it comes from the weird sack attached to our hearts <laughs> love it um she demonstrates a light spell for lose um but then finally heads upstairs to take a nap king wants to teach lose more about demons but lose is like no i'm trying to do this spell and king's like listen if if I can help you learn that spell, will you take my demon lesson seriously? And Luz is like, yeah. And he's like, okay, so you don't have a bile sack, but I have noticed that, that Ida has this potion that has been foregrounded in multiple scenes of the episode as the, like, in a classic animation, this is the only object that can move on the background sort of style. Uh, I think it's kind of important. Uh, so let me go steal that, give you a sip, and then we'll see how it works. Um... He does so, uh, but before Luz can take a drink of it, which I think would probably fucking incinerate her or something, it probably would have been very bad if she drank it, uh, she does drop it directly onto the ground. Um, this is when all hell begins breaking loose inside of the fucking the fucking owl house. A giant beast attacks the house, kind of fucking hootie up real good, and they think that it's the Snaggleback. Um, the Snaggleback uh, runs rampant, through the house and Luz and King kind of like suit up to go take it on. Uh, when they get to Ida's room, they've they discover that the Snaggleback has maybe eaten and or made off with Luz or with, with Ida. Sorry, um, King leaves momentarily to try and get his book so he can identify some information about the demon. Uh, but when he comes back, Luz is missing. He is chased by this monster and he hides in a closet where he finds the snaggleback it's like basically a little monkey with a a shell on it and he's like hey what the fuck are you doing why are you attacking my house and the snaggleback's like listen i'm not attacking your house bro i just came in out of the rain i literally just got here and then the snaggleback is fucking eaten by whatever the monster is what a twist says the snaggleback uh uh king is running through the house but is pulled into a closet by Luz. turns out that she wasn't eaten she is just running away from the new monster um they find a tag that was attached to the potion, which says a potion a day keeps the curse at bay. And King has the revelation. The monster isn't a snackleback. It's Ida. Bum, bum, bum. Ida's turned into an owl beast um, and is terrorizing the owl house. Um, they are getting chased down. Luz becomes disheartened. Um, but they do discover that it is uh, sensitive to light because Luz's cell phone gets turned on momentarily, like the cell light flashlight on her cell phone gets turned on momentarily, but the cell phone gets smashed a little bit and she can no longer use that flashlight. But when reviewing the video that she took of Ida, she discovers that inside of the ring that Ida was drawing for a split second, there's a rune. 
uh, drawing this rune on a leaf, the leaf kind of curls up and becomes a little ball of light. Uh, working very hard, they basically set up a trap uh, for the owl beast, luring it into uh, a space where Luz hits it with like a massive light spell, uh, knocking it out. Later, uh, Ida wakes up kind of like on an IV drip of, of elixir and uh, and she's like, King, what the fuck happened? Um, and King's like, listen, uh, I stole your elixir because I really wanted Luz to like pay attention to the demon thing because it's important to me and no one really takes me se- takes me seriously. Um, and Ida's like, okay, I get it, but he's like, check this out. And Ida w- witnesses uh, Luz doing magic all on her own, which is absolutely wild. Uh, Ida apologizes, saying that the curse is why people call her the Owl Lady, and she has to drink this elixir regularly to curb it. Um, everybody kind of makes peace with each other, and Luz and King leave to let Ida rest and get Hootie back on his hinges. Um, when she takes a quick little map, she gets a uh, nightmare of a shadowy figure who cursed her, only to wake up before she can get all the answers. Star wipe the end. Um. Yeah, like this episode quite a bit, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really good episode. Um, There's some I think that, really cool animation moments in here, too, where they kind of like it doesn't feel fast, but it has that like Fantasia frame rate vibe. You know what I mean? I'm not sure I follow. So uh, particularly when they're like running through the hallway being chased by the owl beast once it's like fully revealed, like it, it it's the animation is fluid, but not fast, if that makes sense. Right. Like it's not it doesn't feel like it's 20 like it feels more fluid than 12 frames, which is like what animation is usually animated on, but it doesn't feel like a full 24 like, it doesn't have that Akira vibe, but it feels extremely uh, fluid. Okay, okay, yeah, I can see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, we get some interesting magical lore that witches just have a bile sack, which I is the funniest way for anything to ever be able to do magic. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good shit, and... The anatomical drawing is also good shit. More more gross stuff, um, which is delightful. Um, I love I love Luce uh, at the very beginning when King is lecturing her, being like, "This is my paying attention face," <laughs> and it's just like, "Sure, Luce, sure." Yeah, you're definitely that. Late. I mean, I'm sure that is her paying attention face. Uh, when she's pay- she's not paying attention in class and is fully disassociating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I like King. King's knowledge of demons is very, very fun. Um, because we'll come back to his knowledge of demons a couple of times throughout the series, and it's very, it's a fun, it's a fun time. Um, mm-hmm. I also like that the like it's basically the things that exist on the boiling aisles, witches, 
and just everything else is some kind of fucking wild ass demon. <laughs> yep. Because uh, even Hootie is like a demon. He's a house demon. Uh, which we will learn at some point in time. Um, the I do also like that it sets up that like it in this like being like witches just naturally have a magic ability that humans simply do not have. Like it it kind of plays on the Harry Potter thing, but also sets up like a conflict that Luz will have to do. It's not like it's not going to be as simple as Luz just like sitting there and learning rote things from a spell book, you know? Mm-hmm. Which I think is a very interesting way to have approached to this. Cause like typically well, I mean- Oh, go on, sorry. I mean, if the the school wasn't initially meant to be a particularly large part of the series anyway, Mm -hmm. like, you know, it makes sense that that would be that would be the way they would choose to go Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, sitting down and and well, also sitting down and, and learning things by rote from a spell book isn't good animation. Yeah. I do like the, like, it also, like, sort of makes it to where Luz, a character who, like, I I think it, like, Luz is a character who learns differently from the her peers around her. Like, we established this in episode one when she's back on Earth. And they, instead of it being like, oh, Luz has to come here and conform to another system... Like, Luz has to find her own way of gaining this knowledge and internalizing it, which I think is a fun Mm. way of doing that. Yeah, you can't, she can't, like, run away from, you know, she can't run away to a fantasy world where all of a sudden she doesn't have to deal with the fact that she's neurodivergent and that affects her ability to learn things. Mm -hmm. And also... It's not doing the kind of other rote isekai thing where the thing that makes Luz different is her strength. You know what I mean? Like, in a sense, it is. But, like, the thing that Luz's real strength is just being, like, like dedicated and willing to, Mm -hmm. like, do the work to learn. Not that she's, like, inherent. Like, she doesn't have – she very fundamentally does not have an inherent ability to do the thing here. And that's good, frankly, because sometimes, like, it, it's good to, like, because so many stories are like, oh, this person just has this natural ability to fucking do this thing. When, like, 90% of the time, people who are really great at shit, like, maybe they have some natural talent, but what they fucking did was put in the work to get there. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, like, a nice thing to, like, show to kids, right? Because, like, you can just be a normal fucking person, and as long as you dedicate yourself to the thing that you're passionate about, you will become good at it eventually. So. I do, I like that, uh, I like that part of this setup. Yeah. Um. 
also someday I'd like to be as cool as Ida too. It's true. I like that. Like <laughs> particularly Foxy for her age when she's not that. The fun thing is that she's in fact not that old. <laughs> yeah. Um. How old is Ida supposed to be? Does it have her? Yeah, she's in her mid to late forties. Damn. So it's not like like her hair is gray because of the like owl beast curse, not because like yeah, she's like a million years old. Yeah. Still, it's that that that's still a really fun, uh, really fun line. Hmm. Um, I've got about a decade to get as cool as Ida, so. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, um, I do want to point out that uh, loose means light, so of course that's going to be her first spell. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I was, so the the way that that came to my attention is actually really stupid. Um, okay. So I've, I've uh, been knitting again. Um, and, uh, one of the yarns that I've been using the colorway is called black light. Uh, but it also, this brand also, uh, puts the name of the colorway in various languages as well. And, um, in, uh, Spanish black light was translated as loose negra. So I went and I looked it up and it's like, oh yeah. So that does mean light specifically like. Um, like, I think, like, sunlight, Hmm. um, at least that was the impression I got from my very cursory Googling, so, um, yeah, just fun little fact. I did not know that. Good. Thank you for the fun fact. You're welcome. Um, Um, oh, go on, sorry. No, I I also I also liked the whole looks like once one more spell did kill Lita. <laughs> it's true. I like it. I hope she's dead. She fucking died. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, I like Luz being like, we need to go get help. And King like, you remember when her fucking head got cut off? She's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, though he says last week. So it implies that Luz has been in the Boiling Isles for exactly seven days so far. Yeah. Liz has been having a fucking wild week. Um, the I feel like they're not. Uh, I love how the potion is just like the like every scene that the potion is drawn in initially. Like your fucking eye cannot help but look at it. It's the most, like, this is the only object that's going to move on the background style animation I think I've ever seen out of this cartoon. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. Oh, you say the, you say the potion is a. Uh, uh, you say the potion is uh, fucking important. Hmm, I would never know. Uh. Um, so we were talking about this, uh, pre-pod and I don't know if you're going to put it pre-pod, um, you know, because I don't know what you're going to put pre-pod basically ever, but, uh, we can, (laughs) yeah, we can, 
we can uh, increase the war crimes Ida has committed count to two. Yes, that's true. Yeah, um, she does eat a person alive, which I don't know is explicitly handled under the Geneva Convention, but is probably there somewhere. Yeah. Um, and uh, even though she regurgitates him later, uh, we do know that his tail got dissolved, uh, digested. So, you know, that's fun. Um you know, she hasn't been committing outright murder, but it's still, you know, it, it ain't good. Uh, it is not good. Um, um, yeah. Also, I like that, like, King's, like, offhanded comment of she's probably just tired from hunting uh, mice and voles or shrews and voles all night um, is not, is seemingly not. Uh, a joke and like Ida seemingly eats fucking uh, shrews and voles alive at night <laughs> mm-hmm. which frankly go for good for her you know girl boss yeah chase your bliss yeah I do like that she pukes the monkey guy up the 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 uh was it the the fuck I've already forgotten its name snaggleback snaggleback pukes him up in a fucking owl pellet Yes. Just adding, like, it could be, gr- like, they're like, how can we make this grosser without, like, getting in trouble? Um. Yeah, it, that was, that was really good. Uh, so, Hoops, Hoops Among Us uh, dissected an owl pellet in uh, high school. Yeah, yeah, I did, because they didn't do, like, animal dissections when I was in high school. Yeah, we got to do an owl pellet. Which was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of a lot of people in the class thought it was super gross, and it's like, I don't know. It's just a bundle. Of, I mean, if it was like, it, it immediately puked up owl pellet, probably would be real gross. Yeah, but I mean, it it get it gets like dried out. Mm-hmm. Uh, remind me to put a con. I've got to remember to put a content warning for talking about weird, weird, gross owl vomit. Basically, yeah, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, good shout. Um, let's see. Uh, it is. It is monster design is real good. It's really fucking cool. Like I like how it. I like how it vaguely looks like an owl, but like, I mean, we'll see it in its like full bore form kind of like later um, where it does look a little bit more owl like. But I do really like Mm -hmm. the kind of like Eda owl beast form. I like that her eyes go full. Like, I like that it's implied that like her eyes don't like go full black. It's just that her pupil is so blown out that it is black. Mm hmm. Like that was a really cool effect, and also seemingly like it, like that big flash of light maybe brought Ida like kind of pushed the owl beast part back, and brought the Ida part more forward. I feel like is part of that implication. Yeah, like the light, like the owl beast is not in fact not sensitive to light, but the light is repellent to the curse. Yeah, yeah, I liked that implication. And the fact that the, the, the elixirs that she has to drink glow. Kind of reinforcing that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I have one more note left, but I don't want to get into it until uh, you're finished with uh, what you want to say. No, that um was me looking at my notes and realizing I didn't have any more. Okay, mm-hmm. so... How about that disability slash chronic illness metaphor in the curse? Yeah, it'll actually come like I I think it gets more reinforced as the season goes along, but not in like I feel like it's handled fairly okay. Like it's a thing that is bad, but can be maintained with maintain like Ida goes through the full like. I guess, like, spoilers for the Owl House, but, like, Ida kind of goes through the full arc of being, like, mad and upset about this whole thing, and then eventually, like, making peace with it. Um, as, as August knows, I've seen, I've shown you pictures of, of, of Form 2 Ida. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it has its good points and it has its bad points, like like with a lot of metaphors in fantasy fiction for uh, other things, like uh, the fact that the, the curse is dangerous is kind of muddies the waters a little bit when it comes to being a metaphor for, for disability or chronic illness. Yeah. Um, the same way that, like, mages and dragon age being a metaphor for like marginalized people is uh you know kind of muddied by the fact that mages are legitimately dangerous you mean uh, the (laughs) x-men yeah yeah i've just been thinking about dragon age lately so i'm always thinking about the x-men yeah but you know the fact that the marginalized people are actually actually pose some form of danger uh, you know, as a justification for the marginalization makes the, the metaphor really dicey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we have some of that here with this metaphor. Cause it's definitely, I don't think it's, I, th- it, I think it is very intentionally a metaphor for, for disability or chronic illness. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't think that it was something that they accidentally did. I think it's definitely something that they're making a concerted effort to to characterize here. Um, and I mean, showing, showing chronic illness in a character who is as likable and interesting as Ida is really great and showing that she has limits because of her chronic illness is really great and that doesn't diminish who she is as a person or how cool she is. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I, I do hate metaphors that are like the, the, the in universe thing is dangerous. I, I sure do not care for, for those kind of metaphors yeah. at all. Though I do wonder if this one is like, because this is brought about when Ida pushes herself too much and is not, does not have like the proper care um, to deal with it, right? In the form of like the elixir getting taken away and everything. Like it being one of those things where it's like if you don't 
it can be dangerous and destructive to not take the proper like take the proper steps that you need for these sorts of things you know what i mean i wonder if that's maybe what they're trying to reach for because you know because this jesus little bitch is fucking wild and off i can hear it yeah it's it's on my waveform he's like scratching at my desk i am very sorry (laughs) i don't give a shit i'll leave uh, it i don't you know i'm just gonna leave it in i know I know you don't give a shit, but I'm sorry to our listeners. <laughs> You're sorry to our listeners. I could easily cut it out. Like, they'd never know, but we know I won't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, I, you know, it's not clean. Um, no. It, it's, very, I mean, like, it's very hard to deal with this sort of thing in metaphor and make it clean. Yeah. I mean, metaphor by its by its nature isn't you know doesn't map 100 percent, and there's always going to be stuff that's lost in translation it's just you know and the thing is like they couldn't just the other thing is like they just they couldn't just make Ida straight up disabled because then disney would be perturbed about having a main character you know what i mean yeah no i know yeah and i mean i feel like I feel like in later episodes, it might be worth us. Oh my God, cat. Um, I feel like in later episodes, it might be worth uh, reaching out to uh, someone who experiences disability and chronic illness mm-hmm. to talk about some of uh, some of the stuff. There is a hundred percent episode for this. Yeah. Yeah. So. I know exactly um, what episode we shall do that on. Yeah, either at the end of the either at the end of this season when we get the big revelation about who it is that cursed Ida, or in season two, uh, in a in a hoodie centric episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds think. good, but it's just you know it's it's one of those things. This this metaphor isn't going to go away. It's mm. in fact going to be front and center in in the future so it would behoove us to have somebody who's a little more qualified to talk about it this is just stuff that i have absorbed Mm -hmm. uh through like following disability activism and stuff just things i've picked up yeah but i'd rather have someone with more experience talk about it at some point yeah that's fair um okay see i do like the i do like that it it's very interesting because we know you and i we both are do you you do you do you know who curse Ida? yes okay cool yes um so it's interesting because i do wonder if that the way that they paint that that sort of memory, like, oh, not this memory again, right? I wonder mm-hmm. if that is, in fact, the person, I get, like, uh, do we give a fuck about spoilers? Because, like, um, I, I gave a fuck about some spoilers in Steven Universe, but that was a really big one. <laughs> I, I feel like, uh, 
I, I feel like even though I have future knowledge in this particular in this particular series, I feel like it it's a good idea for us to Dude. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's fine. Um I mean it's episode sixty nine. We're gonna be accosted by Pussy the whole time. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um Should I just end sure the show? Is. Are we done? I, I guess we're done. Well, be here. like Cookie Cat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Uh, uh, I think it's a good idea for us to be mindful of spoilers, so that way people yeah. can listen along who uh, are not as familiar with the Owl House. Yeah, I'm so. just thinking with the shadow, the way that the shadow is drawn. Right. I wonder if that is in mm-hmm. fact the person who cursed Ida. Or if it's Ida's other worst memory that she has. Uh, mm. About you know who. Yeah. Because that character, that shadowy character design looks a lot more like them than it does the person who cursed Ida. Even the young version of that person. Yeah, I was about to say the the young version of that person does map. Mm-hmm pretty you know does map pretty cleanly to that shadow but yeah the shadow could also be the other person yeah i wonder if it's maybe early teasing of that Mm -hmm. because i feel like they would know about the other per like i feel like dana terrace had the other person in mind for Ida pretty fucking pretty fucking early yeah Um, all right. Well, I think that is it. Um, we don't have any questions because I forgot to put out a call for questions, frankly. Um, but if you have any questions you would like to address from this episode or, um, for our, for next week, please, by all means, send those to us. You can either, like, you can tweet, like, we will see if you tweet at us on Twitter. So at, at Gay Space Pod, by all means, please tweet at us. Um, but also, if uh, you want to, a cool way to keep up with what we're doing is over at our Discord server. The link is in the description of this episode. We have a great community over there. Everybody's real fucking cool. Um... So you should come and hang out and shoot the shit with us. Um, what's going on in uh, wh- where are we at in the world of Pathfinder, August? Uh, so as of the time of this recording, mm-hmm. we just dropped a um, the audio from the FTL fourth anniversary live stream in the feed because we had some scheduling issues. Um. So we had to push back the start of the next arc um, a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I had enough time to edit it. Um, oh, so did you chop that audio up, I imagine? The the live no. stream audio. No, it's it's the whole live stream. Okay. So just... I just took out the silences. Okay. So... Yeah, but it's, it's the whole stream. Uh, there's a link to the YouTube... Uh, version so you can see the map if you want to but um, we're we're coming 
to the end soon of Pathfinder. Um, we've got Arc 4, which is in the can. Um, I'm almost, I'm halfway done with uh, doing the production on that. And then with Arc 5, we will be bringing to a close this this stretch of FTL Presents Pathfinder. Um, I expect that to end uh, sometime in May or June. And then we'll pick up with Season 8. But uh, Arc 4 is a doozy. I will tell you that much. Arc 4 is a doozy. We we went off in some directions <laughs> that were not on script. And it, it turned out really good. So. Nice, nice, nice. Um, we're doing a lot of... Like, we are... We're currently doing the wrap-up the faction game wrap up of the big fucking wild shit. Um, there's at least one more episode of that. There might be two more episodes. Uh, you'll know if you're hearing this because I've already dropped the episode for this week. It, what, what I decided to do. Um, oh boy. Well, I just kind of like, there's a good dramatic point, whatever, like, it's kind of going to be like an hour, then a half hour, and then like an hour and a half, um, just because of the way the, the kind of the, the flow went. So I haven't decided if I'm going to take that last hour and a half and cut it into two forty fives. where I'm just got to listen to it and kind of make a vibe, like make a feel for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we're going to get into uh we're going to get back into the 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 main team so that should be very interesting yeah uh-huh i've got i'll tell you if you would like i can tell you a thing that's not really a spoiler because we haven't really played it out yet um but it'll be very fun hopefully when we do i'm i am eyes emoji mm-hmm. So um, you can tell me that off mic. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, next time we will be covering episodes. Doop. Episodes five and six. Covention. Covention. It's a portmanteau of convention and coven. I don't know how to say it out loud with my human mouth. Um, and Hootie's Moving Hassle, which I love when they do the little fucking parody names for the episodes. It's very they they do a very good job with it. Mm-hmm. Um So please get your questions in for that. Um and we will see you uh, next time. I believe it is my turn. I thought I think you went. Yes. Or did we do it at this? No, no, no. No, it's 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 your turn. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. All right, listener. Um. I implore you, uh, to be like Cookie Cat and uh, show your loved one your bile sack. Hmm. Peace. Peace.